get the full bonfire experience on your screen youtube.com slash bonfire sports thumbs up subscribe you'll know when we're live enjoy the games What's going on, everybody? Welcome inside game day after dark. When you lock up first place, not just in the West Division, but the entire CFL with a month remaining in the regular season, sometimes this is the type of football you get. Uh, your final score tonight, BC 40, Winnipeg 32, as the uh, Lions move into second place in the West with a couple games to go. Here's your special guest joining myself on game day after dark, Josh Frey, Sam, sports reporter for the Winnipeg Free Press. New addition to the team. You're like the young Brad Lambert, but you're you're um, getting action right away. Maybe a more of a Cole Perfetti, maybe even a Dalton Schoen, if I, I may. Uh, I Josh, that. how are you? Introduce yourself to uh, everybody out there watching. Hey man, I love all those comps they just gave me. Any any one of them, I, I I'll take for sure, man. Uh, Darren, I'm I'm doing great, man. Um, yeah, I obviously started the free press just a, a few short months ago, but uh, uh, just have just been thrown right into the deep end, which is great. Uh, wouldn't have it any other way, you know. Have uh, been having a great time covering the Bombers, uh, seeing you uh, biweekly or so, and uh, yeah, man, just very happy to be on the show here tonight, and just be happy to be a part of your growth here and and up on Fire Sports. Yeah, well, we're going to have fun tonight. Uh, somebody else might pop in a little bit later, too, so we'll get uh, a little three-way conversation good. going here. And well, we'll make it four-way with everybody joining us uh, in the live chat tonight. Uh, great to see everybody there. All the usual suspects uh, staying up late on game day after dark here. Uh, Tico Napoli, uh, Andrea, Andre, Larry, uh, everybody. Uh, great to see you in the live chat uh, tonight. Um, well, Similar to you being thrown right into the fire, Drew Brown thrown right into the fire for the Blue Bombers tonight as Zach Kolaris took the week off. He was dressed in uniform, had the helmet on, I'm sure, listening in on the headset and the play calling between Buck Pierce and Drew Brown through the game. Josh, um, what did you see from young Drew Brown tonight? Uh, Two pick sixes, of course, will be the most glaring on the stat sheet, but overall, uh, he did some good things as well. He, he did some great things. I, I think that if you were looking at this game at the end of the first half and you saw, you know, I think he had sub 60 yards passing or something like that. And you're looking at the box score, you're like, oh, I don't know, Drew Brown. And he had a pick six on top of that. You're kind of looking, oh, oh, ugly start. And I'll be honest with you, I couldn't disagree more. I actually thought Drew Brown, aside from uh, maybe the, uh, may, the two pick sixes are obviously uh, very glaring, but Aside from that, I mean, he actually had a pretty solid game from start to finish. There, there's a couple of things that I highlighted, Darren, that, that I think is really important to know. And when you're kind of evaluating a quarterback now, obviously, this is very fresh game just ended. But you're looking for things like poise, right? And I thought Drew Brown showed a lot of that, right? Yeah. You look for quiet feet in the pocket, right? This isn't the guy where you see young quarterbacks that get in under center or, or in shotgun and they catch the ball and, and and they have these happy feet they start dancing they're looking to escape the pocket right away right drew brown didn't show that 
right? He responded after that pick six as well, which which showed a lot of poise, got the offense moving a little bit. His decision-making was really good. I also saw a lot of good ball protection from him aside. Again, obviously the two pick sixes are glaring, but whenever there was pressure around him, it seemed as though he had two hands on the ball. He was tucking the ball away. Um, another good thing, another big thing that you want to see from a lot of these quarterbacks is urgency, right? You want, you know, that they have that three second ticker kind of going off in their heads, like drop back, maybe one hitch, two hitch. Okay. The pressure is going to cave in on me any moment. Now let's get out of here. Drew Brown showed a lot of good stuff from uh, in, in that respect, right? A lot of urgency and then a lot of feel as well. That's the last thing that I'll say on that as well. It's just, he showed a lot of feel for the pressure in the pocket as well. And we go. saw his, we saw his mobility a lot tonight and how that came to play. There was a, there was a key play, which I'm sure we'll get to a little bit later, but in the third quarter where he had this on the roll run uh, and hit and hit uh, Rashid Bailey on the sideline with a dot. And, and I'll be honest, like that was the one that kind of got him going. And I thought that uh, I thought Drew Brown overall, man, that was a that was a very solid performance. But those mistakes, like the pick six, those critical ones, those are ones that, yeah, they're disappointing to see. But you you kind of live with those with a young quarterback to a certain extent. You hope that they uh, he cleans those up when he uh, becomes a full time starter, wherever that is. Josh Frey, Sam, I completely agree with your assessment there at Drew Brown. What I like the most about Drew Brown's game tonight, you know, you mentioned the the composure and uh, the calmness and, and the metal uh, that, that he had on display. What I really like is this number, 39 pass attempts. Let Absolutely. the young man go. Let him work through things. And yeah, like a 45-yard pick six for former Winnipeg Blue Bomber Marcus Sales is a tough pill to swallow. That was a low snap from Michael Couture uh, at center uh, that Brown kind of you know picked up and he's like, I think I can make this throw. Maybe a bit of a bad decision there, uh, but I'm not hanging that all on him. Uh, mm. You know, that was a, a missed transition with the football the other one was a bad throw you know yeah. the uh the, the 100 what was it 107 106 yard pick six by one of the best dbs in the cfl for a long long time now tj lee could be their most outstanding defensive player in bc this season um and and that's saying something on a very talented defense um drew brown just threw the ball behind Nick Dembski. So, no, that accuracy isn't there. We have to remember these are moving targets. It comes down to a lot of timing, comfort, comfortability, um, and gel and chemistry between a a quarterback uh, and their receivers, right? So, um, you know, for a first go for Drew Brown, I thought he did a lot of very, very good things. Three touchdowns, 325 yards. Yeah, the, the two pick sixes, the two interceptions definitely stand out. But a quarterback efficiency rating, Josh, of, of over 100, 100.9 yep. for Drew Brown in front of an O-line with no Pat uh, Newfeld, no Stanley Bryant, no Jamarcus Hardrick, uh, a mm-hmm. Canadian, Jeff Gray playing tackle. Um, he did quite well. I will say oh. he did quite well with a lot of different pieces coming in. Uh, was it six different players? Five if you don't include the quarterbacks. Um, or, or don't include uh, Dakota Prukop uh, running the mm. football today. So many different pieces, so many different personnel pieces. I think Drew Brown handled himself, frankly, exemplary tonight. I was really impressed. I, I agree. And and the other thing is what I'll say to that is that just maybe the final piece of this whole part of that I was very impressed with was 
it was the confidence aspect for Drew Brown for me tonight that actually really was the first thing that I noticed. And now, listen, this isn't a guy who this isn't his first game action ever, but this is a guy who you could tell that he has a little bit of experience under, even though it's very, very minimal, very small sample size. But you could tell this is a guy who uh, he has had a little bit of experience and he looked the part, in my opinion. He And what I mean by confidence is he came out here not, you see, again, with a lot of young quarterbacks, they just kind of want to make the safe throw, right? They don't, they're not necessarily maybe playing to win. They're playing to not lose. You know what I mean? They don't want to make the critical mistake. And right. I thought that Drew Brown, he wasn't, he didn't look afraid to make the critical mistake. And you saw it when he threw the first pick six, he came back, he bounced. That's what I mean. I was talking about his poise. He came back right away and he started slaying the ball even more. But what I was also saying to that, to that point was his, his, I, I'm not sure what his total uh, air yardage is, what his average, you know, intended air yardage was tonight. Um, right. Per throw, but but I want to guess that it was actually pretty. It was it was it was a big number because he was taking deep shots. He was not afraid to let the ball go. He was not afraid to sling it. So to your point, with those thirty nine pass attempts on the night, a lot of those ones he was not afraid to sling it down the field on the run, whatever. Um, I, I thought that Drew Brown. It, it was uh, all in all, like if I had to grade him right now, I, I would give it a B plus. Yeah, I, I think I would agree with you there. Well said. Uh, welcome inside game day after dark for all of you just joining us here. Josh Frey, Sam of the Winnipeg Free Press stepping in similar to Drew Brown tonight for Zach Kolaris. Josh in for Zach Schnitzer, who, uh, well, it's just late night for a young father of two uh, with a, a house full of pets uh, and uh, a lovely wife uh, to take care of as well. So uh, good to have you, Josh. Uh, we might have somebody else popping in a little bit later. Uh, as well. Um, lots to talk about Drew Brown. I want everybody's comments out there in the live chat. Uh, text the hotline 816 tips 204 816 8477. Hit the Bonfire Sports hotline uh, and give me your thoughts on the game, on Drew Brown. Who else stood out to you tonight? Uh, curious to, to get your take. Andre Harms, uh, who's watching live on YouTube, says lots of changes in the lineup, but I think the Bombers still did all right considering all of those changes. Drew Brown made a few mistakes, but so has Kolaris in the past. That is true. I like Jamal Parker's play tonight. Mm. I, I agree. I thought Jamal Parker was very aggressive, was mm. sharp in his defense. And um, Josh, we got to remember too, this guy has only played corner in games since needing to come in following the injury to Demario Houston. He now yep. takes Dietrich Nichols spot, a real lockdown spot, no doubt in this blue bomber secondary all season long, all of last season too, with Dietrich Nichols, he has mm. been all world in my opinion. Um, mm. And uh, Parker showed very, very well tackled. Well, had the sack or you can call it a tackle for loss, whatever. Mm. Um, and uh, you know, uh, guarded extremely well against species receivers. Yeah. And, and, and you like to say, I'm seeing a lot of Brandon Alexander pop up here as well. So, I mean, Brandon Alexander, you'd love to see him continue to take steps, right? I mean, this guy is essentially, it seems like he's come back almost seamlessly from a tournament torn ACL. I wonder, I wonder if he's going to get a call from the league about that slam down hit, uh, that body slam of Dominique Grimes late in the game that mm. shook Grimes up. I wonder. Yeah. I, just wanted to yeah, it, it, I think that's, uh, that's, that's fair. I think that uh, that is fair. I, uh, yeah, you hate to see those uh, the wrestling. Ones. Those are the ones where you just kind of shake your head as a fan and say, "But it's just in the moment." You know, what I mean, they can't help it. They're just they're trying to get the guy to the ground. You know, I can I can respect it. No as, whistle, as a competitor. No whistle. No right? whistle. That's yeah. absolutely correct. But no, Brandon Alexander. I see a lot of Brandon Alexander comments here, and and I completely agree with them. Jamal Parker was the name actually that came to mind when you asked uh, 
who really stood out to you? I, I think Jamal Parker, he was flying around. This is a guy with a lot of speed, and he showed it on that. Uh, it was it was it a couple weeks ago when he had his first career interception, um, and uh, he showed that speed. Uh, he's trying to crib that. He was trying to crib that pick six or that 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 pick. So um, yeah. I, I thought that he showed that a lot tonight as well by tackling. I think he uh, had a sack on the night. And on that sack, he he outran Adam Big Hill from the secondary, and he just <laughs> tracked down uh, Adams there, and he and he took him down. So I thought Jamal Parker was playing really fast, and that's one of the key things that you really like to see from a young player as well, right? Is just not again, kind of going back to what I was talking about with Drew Brown, is that urgency, right? We 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 want to see a guy playing fast. We don't want you. We don't want to actually literally be able to see you thinking while you're out there on the field, right? We want to see you playing. Uh, just, just automatically out there, right? We want to see you just playing as fast Instinct. as you possibly can. Yeah. yeah, exactly, and and just relying exactly on those athletic uh, gifts that you have. So I thought Jamal Parker uh, played really well. But if you don't mind me just adding a third night name to this to this comment, uh, I'll even say Michael Couture. Sure, I, I think that he actually is going to. When we're handing out kind of our awards later on in the in the show here, I think yeah. that he might get the nod from me as far as my warrior, just because uh, Couture is uh, obviously making his first start. Um, since week two with that broken with that broken arm and so I thought that he played admirably uh, there and uh, the, the offensive line as a whole though we can maybe talk about that the offensive line as a whole was a little bit uh, I yeah. thought there was definitely room for improvement but uh, there was obviously a lot of moving pieces there well yeah moving pieces is an understatement right because we, we saw obviously uh, Pat Newfeld, Stanley Bryant, Jamarcus Hardrick all out uh, Chris Kolonkowski kicking over to guard Couture coming in at center Jeff Gray moving from guard to tackle uh, Liam Dobson getting his first start as a pro as well the Blue Bombers first round pick in 2021 uh, at right guard and um, you know uh, we saw Chris Kolonkowski uh, getting looked at by Dr. Neil Creighton on the Blue Bomber mm. sideline uh, at one point. I, I only know that name because I've gone and seen the man myself. Uh, he is a phenomenal physician uh, and orthopedic uh, and concussion specialist as well. But he was looking at uh, Chris Kolonkowski's knee. Uh, we won't get an update on that until the Blue Bombers return to the practice field. It's not this week. It's next week. They have their third and final buy of the season upcoming here. Uh, and then, of course, the BC Lions coming to town in week 21 on Friday, October 28th. Pre-game, post-game, midweek, as always, as usually scheduled here uh, on Bonfire Sports. Um, the offensive line, like overall, I thought they played really well, especially early in the game, Josh. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, they, they kept Drew Brown clean. For the most part, you're not going to stop everything. It never happens, even when Bryant and Hardrick and, and uh, Newfeld are in the lineup. But yeah, I agree with you. I thought Michael Couture played quite well. Uh, that low snap on the first pick six, the Drew Brown pick six to yeah. Marcus Dales, I think stands out uh, a little bit. But for a guy, like you mentioned, that broke his arm, it's his non-snapping arm, it's his left arm, he does snap with his right. Uh, for a guy to um, you know, have that happen to him early in the year, uh, come back, be healthy enough to play and then be the sixth offensive lineman because Chris Kolonkowski essentially Wally pipped him. Right. And mm -hmm. for those that don't know Wally Pip, it was, uh, um, well, now I'm blanking. It was the New York Yankees outfielder, um, Lou Gehrig, who took over for Wally Pip when Pip got injured and Pip was a great player. And, you know, Lou Gehrig went on to, to play something mm. like 2,000 games, um, mm. you know, and, and that was the end of Wally Pipp's time. But uh, I don't think that'll be the case with Chris Kolonkowski and Michael Couture. No. The Blue Bombers need as many healthy bodies as they can and guys that are experienced 
and ready to go. Um, Josh, I think it it all the conversation all surrounds a greater perspective of what the Blue Bombers want to accomplish in this final month of the season. I talked about it on Bonfire Midweek this week with Zach. I talked about it on Game Day Winnipeg with Chris Walby here on Bonfire that the strategy the Blue Bombers are working to employ wasn't just on display in the depth chart with a lot of the veterans not dressing. It was also on display in the second half when a healthy Adam Big Hill came out when Nick Hallett started playing two safety sets with Brandon Alexander and then taking over for Brandon Alexander, moving guys around Jesse Briggs to middle linebacker, Shane Gochi to middle linebacker, um, Retta Cramdy playing uh, the dime, uh, getting Alden Darby, some meaningful reps. The bombers have nothing to win by capturing W's in these final two games of the regular season. Of course, a loss tonight uh, in BC and uh, one to go back at home against the lions. Um, but in the end, they have bigger fish to fry is one way to put it. They need to be healthy. They need to be prepared. It comes down to contingency. Mm-hmm. You need everybody going and everybody able to go, even if they are a reserve or a spot duty player or a role player or, or a backup that if they're needed in the West final in the gray cup, they're good to go. And, and that's exactly it. And these these weeks of these meaningless games, they they can be seen as a blessing. They can be seen as a curse for various reasons. But I think one of the reasons they can be seen as a blessing is is just that. I mean, we've we've heard O'Shea, you and I, uh, being around him this year. We've heard him talk about even on the defensive side of the ball and and how how much they emphasize the importance of versatility on the defensive side of the ball getting guys meaningful reps at different positions that way if an injury does come up they can essentially plug and play um whoever they need to whoever they need to put there right so you see all this this moving around happening on the defensive side of the ball and i mean this is just it's it's evident of of the time of the year that the bombers are in right now right and i think that is the blessing of this you see the offensive line shifting around you're getting meaningful reps there right it's almost like preseason all over again except you're almost getting it's almost better than preseason because these guys who might be going up typically against the twos possibly you see some of the maybe the rookies the younger guys you're seeing them going up against the 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 backups or even third stringers these guys are getting live reps against the ones uh against bc lines ones and team that wants to win needs to win and those are so invaluable those are so so invaluable so i think that this is the blessing of of the bombers being in the position that they are the, the curse, obviously the potential curse, obviously being uh, well, I mean, we could get into just with Zach sitting and these different important positions sitting and, yeah. and whatnot, and the quote unquote rust building up possibly. But I thought that, you know, guys like Adam Big Hill, I mean, those are guys where, you know, Adam Big Hill kind of strikes me as struck me as the kind of guy where, you know, he's probably not going to be told no too many times. At least he's going to go get a, a quarter or a half of football in. He just wants to go hit something, you know. So uh, I, I think that th- there are certain guys, it depends on the position. But um, overall, this is just the evident of the time of year that we're in for the Bombers. But this is a blessing for for them. And, and this is going to bode well for them going forward. This is what allows you to keep this going, this dynasty that you're building it allows you to have turnover. It allows right. you to lose a guy. Let's go back to a Kenny Lawler, for example. It allows you to lose a guy like that. And because you've built up these reps with these other younger players, they can step in and they can have meaningful impacts. And they're doing that on the defensive side of the ball. They're doing it at the offensive line right now. Um, this is this is all good for the Bombers. 
No, I, I completely agree. Uh, great comment from Kyle Kearney, who's watching on YouTube. I have to say I'm surprised. You lose by eight points, three missed field goals, and we're going to talk about that a little bit later as well, uh, which mm. were long and two turnovers in uh, point-scoring positions, both of those pick sixes, of course. All this behind second and third string offense and defense for most of the game. Definitely lots of change in the Blue Bombers linebacking core and defensive secondary. That D-line pretty much intact uh, at it as it uh, has been all year with uh, obviously no Jackson Jeffcoat still injured at this point, but uh, Willie Jefferson, Casey Sales and Jake Thomas both getting sacks. And I was surprised yeah. to see Casey Sales up to five sacks on the season. Everybody's been talking about Steven Richardson being a huge loss for this Blue Bombers defensive front. The run game against the D-line is something I want to talk about uh, as well. Um, but great to see everybody in the live chat. Just want to draw attention to uh, Comet and Donnie Boy Booch. Good to see you, uh, James and uh, uh, John and... Um, Vladimir, of course, that's our, our good pal, Friesen. Uh, never change your picture, Freezer. Uh, I, I like it. And uh, you always change your name uh, to keep us on our toes here. So appreciate that. Dave Johnson uh, is watching live on YouTube as well. Uh, great to see everybody here uh, joining us following uh, this Blue Bombers loss, their third of the season, 40-32 to the BC Lions uh, in Vancouver by week now and returning home October 28th to wrap the regular season. Um, the return game, the run defense, and um, kicking. Yeah. Let's get into Mark Leggio. He misses two 50-yard field goal attempts today, Josh. And, and it looked like Mike O'Shea was just kind of, especially at the end of the first half, just get the kid out there, kick it. Just go for it. Uh, is this a damaging thing for a young uh, a young kicker in Mark Leggio, potentially, where he has shown... That if he gets in his own head a little bit, it can throw him off his game. Or is it a positive thing that Michael Shea is putting him out there in real game situations, real snap, real hold, real crowd, real opponent trying to stop him and the rest? Um, how do you balance that out for, for someone like Mark Leggio in a game that ended up being an eight point margin difference? Uh, yeah. that, you know, his three field goals could have uh, gave Winnipeg a one game. Yeah, exactly. They, he could have won of the game. That was the difference was Mark Leggio. And I think that's the that's the huge, that's the interesting part of this is, is you, you know, you have Mark Leggio, which in theory, maybe has a little, he has a little bit less pressure on him today because it is such a meaningless game. But at the same time, you still do have to hit those kicks because the kicking position is just so much of rhythm and, and, and yeah. momentum and all that that's in, that's entailed with, with that. So I think that, I like the approach from 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 O'Shea, just putting him out there and and letting him go kick because if he hits those, that obviously bodes well. If he misses them, I think that you need to be careful as we kind of approach the playoffs here because you need that guy kind of getting being in a rhythm. You need that guy, and and I think maybe we will see that potentially. Keep your eye on going forward with the last game of the season here, um, approaching. Maybe keep your eye on a critical moment in the game possibly in the fourth quarter, or maybe the bombers in, in which they would be deep in the BC lines territory. And they ought to go for a field goal instead, because it's just little things like that, that I think anyways, yeah. in my opinion, where just little, you're just building little blocks, right? You're stacking, you're stacking blocks a little bit at a time, just to build that momentum. Personally, I think that will go a long way. Um, but missing the 50 yard field goals. I mean, those are, I, I don't think that they're detri they're overly detrimental, but at the same time, those are ones where when it comes to the playoff time, if 
Mark Lego hasn't hit a 50 plus yard field or a 40 plus yard field goal in however many weeks. And now it's colder. And now the game's really meaning something. It's on the line. It's just like, okay, well, now he doesn't actually have that confidence. He hasn't hit one of those in a meaningful game in quite some time. Uh, I think that it could it could come back to bite uh, bite them in, in depending on what the situation they find themselves in uh, in 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 the playoffs. No, that's fair. I'll I'll only add that um, this is the last game they will play in a dome this year. The West Finals in Winnipeg. The Grey Cup is in Regina. Dead Air Dome is a real thing. Uh, just go back and look at Justin Medlock's numbers, kicking long field goals uh, at BC Place. Uh, quickly before we bring in our special guest number two, another surprise uh, for everybody out there here on uh, Game Day After Dark, David Rollins. Joining us live on YouTube says, first time you're here from Taxco, Mexico. Had to bitch about this awful, soft Richie Hall defense and the awful kick coverage. This does not look like a championship team. David Rollins letting it fly. Uh, well, let's, chest. Yeah, let, let, let's get the opinion of uh, Taylor Allen of the Winnipeg Free Press, <laughs> your uh, co-worker. T.A., what's going on, man? Good to uh, have you here and uh, joining uh, myself and uh, young Josh Free Sam on uh, After Dark. How are you? I am good. Uh, did I hear another Wally Pip reference there? Yeah, I brought another one. I'll wow. Take <laughs> well done, well done. Um, yeah, you know, I can't say staying up way past my bedtime to talk about a, a meaningless game uh <laughs> right. my ideal saturday night but no i appreciate you guys having me on to, to talk some football for sure yeah like what, what did you see from the bombers kick coverage tonight terry williams went off of course janeer and grant uh did quite well as well uh but kick coverage is a uh it's an area of a football team that if you're weak at you're susceptible at any time because uh you know those opportunities are going to come to an opponent um, and, and, you know, like we saw from Terry Williams tonight, setting them up with great field position to score points. Yeah. I mean, the first, first play of the game, he takes it to, to midfield and that's never an ideal start, obviously. And, and Mark Leggio, he had a couple of tackles tonight and, you know, it's kind of nice here and there when your kicker can uh, make a, a tackle, but ideally you don't want your kicker to be, uh, you know, helping you out too much, uh, in that regard. So yeah, definitely a little sloppy, but I mean, I think come playoff time, I wouldn't be that concerned about it. I mean, let's let's take a step back and realize what the Bombers had at stake tonight. It was really nothing, obviously. So I think it kind of showed uh, in in some areas tonight for sure. But uh, but yeah, that that was definitely a, a glaring hole for them uh, tonight. Their kick coverage. I'm more in the I'm more in the boat of of it, it it does matter for sure as that's where i'm i i think that these are these are meaningful thing i mean no matter what you you have to build you have to stack these important uh these important reps as you build into the playoffs no matter if you are a someone who's playing your first game or 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 what what your role is on the team i mean th this is a team that allowed 341 total return yards tonight the the, the blue bombers like that's that to me, I mean, that's not a story that Ness, I don't know how much we're going to write about necessarily the special teams, but I mean, that to me is probably the story of the game is, 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 is that um, Paul Boudreaux is probably having a fit while he's watching this game. So person, I think I'm kind of sitting here having a fit while I'm watching the game. Right. I, I think that that was, and honestly, there was a couple of turning points in this game that when Drew Brown kind of actually started to get it going in the third quarter, he really started to catch fire. That kicking game really killed a lot of momentum that,
that the Bombers had at certain points in the game, um, which I thought was really crucial. So those are things that, that need to be they need to be cleaned up uh, going into the playoffs. I, I mean, I can't necessarily remember the last time I saw this bad of a uh, from the Bombers uh, performance on the kick coverage. But so I'm not overly worried in that respect, but definitely think that that just makes the next game that much more important to kind of build some momentum going into the playoffs. I don't know how you guys feel about this, but I'm firmly in the school of thought where you do not, if you do not need to show your hand, why show your hand? I think Winnipeg is being strategic here in not showing the little nuances to their game, to their offense, to their defense, and it also to their special teams. People think sometimes kick covers just get in your lane, run downfield, go make a tackle. There is a lot more to it than that. When you're playing at this pro level, when you have somebody like Paul Boudreaux Jr., who has been doing it for a long time at a very high level, the Blue Bombers special teams coordinator, his father, Paul Sr., did it for over 20 years in the National Football League as a special teams coordinator, winning Super Bowls, signing contract after contract because of how good he was at the strategy of special teams. I think Winnipeg is smart in not showing all of their cards when they don't need to. I will be concerned when it happens. Like, you know, maybe it's too late to be concerned about it, at least for us to talk about it on Bonfire, but when it's the West final and the other team, whether it's BC or Calgary starts racking up the yards or whether it's the gray cup and it's uh, you know, Toronto or Montreal or shoot even Hamilton for a third straight time uh, coming out of the East. Um, that's, that's when I'd be concerned. I, I just don't think it's uh, uh, I'm, I'm just not, I, I just don't think it's a factor in these meaningless games, these garbage time games in the season. Yeah. And just to, to jump in, I mean, for me, tonight's game, all that really mattered was how did Drew Brown look? I think basically everything else didn't really didn't really mean anything. Um, there's a couple other guys I was looking at Desmond Lawrence, his first game with the Bombers, uh, Liam Dobson, his first start as well. So there's definitely a couple of players that I had a, a close eye on tonight to see how they were doing in, in, in some of their uh, first action as well. But what do you guys think of Lawrence? Ah, uh, well, that that one play before the second or at the end of the first half, he got uh, he got cooked pretty bad on that one. But luckily, <laughs> uh, VA had a had a hand in his face and he underthrew yeah. that quite a bit. So he kind of yeah. well, he, he got saved to an extent because he ended up getting PI. But uh, yeah, he, he made a couple plays. Um, I don't think he was yeah. fantastic, but he wasn't a wild liability either. And I think for a backup uh, defensive back, that's really all you can pretty much ask for. So yeah, I'd give him a passing grade tonight for sure. I thought he was a bit of a liability in the run game. He looked like he didn't want to make tackles when James Butler was running the football. That's what I saw a little bit, especially in the first half. Uh, that's interesting. I, I I like that assessment. I, that's the, I don't know how much I can comment on that in in the run game. His his contribution in the run game. I'm struggling to remember that personally. But I I would agree. I would side with Taylor in just this, in the sense that um, I don't think that he was necessarily a liability out there tonight. I thought that he did. Uh, I thought he made some nice plays. Just uh, and I thought he. I, I just watching. I'm very, I'm very much like a technical analyzer when I'm watching these guys. Just watching their techniques, seeing how they're uh, maybe whether they're shielding guys to the sideline, pushing guys out of bounds, how they're using uh, their leverage to their advantage and whatnot. And I, I think that uh, I thought that he he did that really well a lot in a lot of cases tonight. Um, obviously had a couple of moments, but uh, a couple of rough moments. But I thought that overall, uh, again, like uh, like Taylor said, I I would give him a passing grade. I thought that it was. But it was okay. And going back to our original point, Darren, earlier, just mm-hmm. in the sense that these are just meaningful reps for these guys at this point when you're talking about these, this is the blessing of the position of the Bombers right now. You know, this one game, although it might not seem like, 
you know, anything crazy. Those, those reps for the younger players, the guys who are making some of these crucial starts in their careers and respective careers, uh, you know, these could pay dividends going into next season, for example, or maybe if there is, you know, knock on wood, there's an injury in the West final, for example. I want to get uh, you guys to help me with what Zach Schnitzer and I always do here on Game Day After Dark, and that is hand out our special recognitions tonight. Uh, Walby's Warrior, Westwood's wide to the right. Uh, we will have our um, Happy Honker Award, uh, courtesy of our legendary uh, broadcasters of years gone by at CJOB, uh, as well as our Bonfire Burning Point, not the TSN Turning Point, the Bonfire Burning Point tonight. Uh, and then we'll hand out some uh, game balls uh, as well. Before we do that, I do want to mention the Winnipeg Rifles, Winnipeg Junior Football play their regular season finale tomorrow, 3 p.m. kickoff, live at Investor, or pardon me, IG Field. So head down to the Bomber Stadium to bring uh, uh, the Rifles home in the regular season. They are still top 10 in the nation, despite being third in the powerhouse Prairie Football Conference. They have the league's leading passer, pardon me, the country's leading passer in Bryson McNeil. Like five different receivers this year have had over 150-yard performances. A great defense run by defensive coordinator Justin Kasich. Uh, they are a sight to behold. So if you head down to the game tomorrow at 3 at IG Field, tickets are 15 bucks, 10 for seniors, and kids under 18 are free. And if you can't make it down, you can catch the game live I'll have the call uh, with Brady Meeks, their starting running back who broke his hand a couple weeks ago, um, might return for the playoffs. We'll see, but he'll be doing the color with me, cjfltv.com, and you can find everything you need on riflesfootball.com. Taylor, we'll start with you. You joined us late, but you're first up here. You're Walby's warrior tonight, the guy that went to battle and got it done. I think it's going to go to Rashid Bailey. I mean, Good pick. again, this game didn't really mean anything, but Rashid, he was into it. He was uh, jawing at some guys, and uh, Josh mentioned it uh, earlier, uh, that catch he made on the sidelines uh, before his touchdown catch was one of the best plays of the game as well. And, uh, yeah, I mean, Rashid, he had no catches last week, and there's been some times this season where you kind of sleep on him, you kind of forget about him, but then – but then you'll have a game like this where he kind of really reminds you how talented he is. And I think, honestly, he has some of the yeah. best fans in the CFL. That doesn't get talked about quite enough. But when you're playing with so many good receivers, Dembski, uh, Schoen, and Ellingson at one point, uh, it's been kind of hard for him to have too many breakout games. But, uh, but yeah, I think uh, Rashid, just the, the intensity that he brought and some of the plays he made and the effort he had. Uh, yeah, I think he would be my, my pick for, for Walby's Warrior for sure. Yeah, 14 targets, 11 catches, 121 yards, including a long of 22. And uh, I can't remember the last time uh, Rashid Bailey had a two-touchdown game. So a uh, good choice by you, Taylor. What do you got, Josh? 14 targets for Rashid. Oh, you know, I know we we all been including covering that guy. That guy, hospital that guy ball, wants to get the ball. <laughs> hospital ball, that first pass from Drew Brown. Talk about yeah. an easy one oh, to get God, things going. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, was, that was a scary play. Yeah, no, no doubt about that. Yeah, no, Rashid, uh, that's a great pick, Taylor. I, I like that. I was going to, I actually kind of alluded to it earlier with Michael Couture, but you want to know what? I'm actually going to go in a different direction here. I'm going to, I'm going to, and I just finished crapping on the, uh, on the, on the special teams, but I'm going to go to the guy who I actually believe kind of held Winnipeg in this game at certain points. And, and uh, that's, that's Janarian Grant. I thought this guy, Janarian Grant, uh, FYI, I believe I will go on record saying, because I'm very confident in this. Uh, I think he set the Bombers 
um, the Bombers all-time uh, kickoff or return touchdowns uh, marker. So he now is solo. He tied that earlier this year, and I think he's solo in that in that category, all-time return touchdowns franchise leader. So um, Janarian Grant, shout out to that guy, man, uh, was a warrior tonight, obviously racked up a lot of return yards on his own. And like I said, I thought that he's a warrior just for the simple fact that there were moments in the first half where the offense was maybe sputtering a bit, defense was was kind of sputtering a little bit, but Janarian Grant was able to kind of uh, keep us, hold us together, give us a decent field position, keep us in this game, and uh, ended up making it a pretty uh, cool game uh, and entertaining game all said and done. Uh, just to an- answer, Andrea, uh, kickoff and punt return, I think it's his all-time return touchdown uh, for a franchise leader. Yeah, cool. I used to love Keith Stokes. Love Keith Stokes. I was just going to say that, exactly. Yeah, I had a Keith yeah. Stokes jersey as a kid, so I got I got a oh, nice seeing... Keith loses record hurts a little bit, but uh, yeah. you know, generic. Keith, Keith Stokes might have been a reason why I wore number three when I played for the St. James Rods back in the day. Did him no uh, service with my level of play, but uh, Keith Stokes was uh, one of my one honest. of my favorites to watch. So congratulations to Generic Grant for hitting that mark uh, with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers uh, six touchdowns. Uh, in his career returning. Um, I'm going to give my Walby Warrior to an individual Chris himself would be proud of, and that is Liam Dobson on the missed field goal, the tackle that he made, chugging along with that big body uh, to make the tackle a uh, toe-tip trip, in the words of uh, our press box announcer, Tom Halleck. Uh, good on uh, Liam Dobson for that play. I think you guys had great picks, so I'll uh, give one to uh, Liam Dobson for that. We have a Westwood wide to the right. You guys got a moment or a, an instance in this game or, or something that happened that just rubbed you the wrong way that you did not like? I'll, I'll, I'll start first. I, and again, I kind of alluded to it earlier, but like, I mean, th- this was, I thought that when Drew Brown made that, when he had that first touchdown uh, drive in the third, it was the second drive of the third quarter where he made the nice pass to Rashid Bailey on the sideline. And then they ended up going, I think it was like a seven play 64 yard drive in the third quarter okay um which got them on the board here and really got the offense rolling best offensive series of the game to that point um the special teams gave up that 37 yard return and i think bc if i'm not mistaken came back and answered with that i thought that was kind of the moment where i just you just kind of shake your head at because the offense is starting to roll um hopefully you're helping your defense out by keeping them on the sidelines fresh and then the special teams goes and uh, gives up a big time return and then they go down and they put points up on the board. So I thought that was the, that was kind of my shake my head moment uh, uh, in, in this game, going back to crapping on the special teams. That's, that's my low hanging fruit for tonight. Yeah. I think for me, it's gotta be, it probably wouldn't have made any difference anyways, but the, the very end of the game, the bombers get that last touchdown, mm-hmm. then two point convert. So they have a chance to do an onside kick and you never know crazy things. Crazier things have happened in the CFL. Uh, could have maybe got themselves the ball and, you know, a chance to, to tie the game. But then they didn't do an onside kick. They kicked it kind of downfield. And I don't Squibber. know if just missed it or or that was just a call or, or what. But that that was a, a real head scratcher. And that's what they were talking about on the broadcast as well. So, um, again, onside kicks work basically one out of a billion times, but they're always kind of fun to watch. So that was kind of a, just a, a lame note to end the game on, just kind of a confusing one as well. So I think that would uh, be my uh, Westwood wide to the right. I yeah. Think, I think, Darren, did you see that? Did you see that comment that just came up with the, with the, with the, with the penalty there? I think that was like, I think that's an important one to know just with like, when you're stepping out of bounds, 
that's kind of like the rule. If your returner steps out of bounds and then touches the ball, that's just considered he now is a part of the out of bounds. And that is that right. becomes a an illegal kick out of bounds. I think that's important. That's a heads up. That's like one of the top IQ plays. I think like I saw that years ago with the, I'm a Packers fan. Just let's put that out there for the for everybody. <laughs> I'm a Packers fan. Taylor Taylor doesn't love that, but um, Randall Cobb. I think it was Randall Cobb, and 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 there was actually another player that did that. I I can't, I can't even remember who he he did that uh, years ago uh, in the NFL, and he stepped out of bounds. And that was one of the first times that we had seen that in a long, long time. And then I swear it's happened like a dozen times since that that I've seen that in the NFL and the CFL. And so it's just kind of this one rule where uh, step out of bounds and then you touch the ball. It's this very high IQ play that uh, gives you very good field position. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll give my Westwood wide to the right tonight to uh, a couple of the calls. Maybe just the officiating overall in the game. I normally do not crap on the officials in a game. I just thought maybe they weren't as sharp as an entire crew, and they could have been tonight. Uh, Rick Campbell, great coach. I've got huge respect for him uh, in this league. His father, Hugh, obviously, uh, as well. Rick is a, is, a, is a fantastic game manager and, and a great head coach, but uh, his decision to challenge... Uh, early in the game proved costly. Not only did he lose it, but he needed it, I think like a series or two later uh, and and didn't have it uh, anymore. So that'll be my Westwood wide to the right. We're going to give away our game balls uh, in a second. I would love everybody in the live chat to uh, give us who maybe your one, two or three players of the game were tonight. They can be from the Lions too. Uh, Feel free there. But uh, if you got uh, best Bombers performances tonight, hit up the live chat uh, or text the hotline at 816-8477. Okay, we have uh, our Happy Honker Award. We give this out every week here on Game Day After Dark to the lighthearted moment, the thing that made you smile, the great um, uh, you know, feel good thing, uh, that happened in the game. I will start this off and I'll give it to Janarian Grant for nodding to his teammates on the sideline as he took that, uh, first return to the house. And there was Willie Jefferson meeting him in the end zone. He was on the sidelines holding his helmet. And there he was first guy to celebrate with, uh, Janarian Grant in the end zone. Uh, that was a fun moment for me. I, I, I smiled a little bit with that. Yeah, that that was a good one, and kind of kind of similar to that, but on a, a negative play or two negative plays. I think it was after both of Drew Brown's pick sixes, he stood on the sidelines. I think Josh mentioned this earlier before how well he he kind of carried himself after those picks. But anyways, he's on the sidelines, and there is a, a lineup of guys who are going up to him, you know, just patting him on the back, you know, patting him on the helmet, basically saying like, "Hey man, it's all good, it's all good, it's all good." And I think that I think that kind of paints the picture of what. Yeah. this bombers team is what this bombers team uh, locker room is like and stuff like that so there's no worse feeling than throwing a pick six i'd imagine so having so many guys come up to you and, and immediately say hey man don't worry about it i'm sure that helps helps them quite a bit so i think i think that gets it for me I, i'm gonna i'm gonna go to rasheed bailey and, and this isn't this is just kind of a moment that just made me smile and, and it's rasheed bailey because i just love i i i'm never um it never gets old how much yes rasheed bailey he just wears his heart on his sleeves, man, and his emotions, and it's just all comes yeah. out. And he is, for me, is just a – he can just be that emotional leader at, at so many points. And you see it from Nick Dembski as well, where it's just they make a big catch to start the game, and they get the crowd fired up. And it was almost like what Andrew Harris did, right? And it's just he, – he he would go and he would they, – they would make a big catch, and they would go run up like another 10, 15 yards, and they would start talking, they would start jawing. But Rashid Bailey and, and him jawing to 
the uh, with the defensive back. Um, I can't even remember who it was that, that was covering him on the play at the time, but um, him yeah. jawing to him and then getting fired up as well after a big time catch and just wearing his again, just doing what Rashid does, right? Rashid was feeling himself tonight with the 14 targets, 11 grabs, a couple tugs. Uh, I thought, I thought Rashid, th- those are just the, mo- the, the moments that kind of just make me smile because I just love covering that guy, man. I just love watching him on TV as well. I think that was Ty Neal Cooper, the BC Lions uh, field side corner, uh, former Winnipeg Blue Bomber, Ty Neal Fly Cooper, smaller guy, very fast. And uh, he's really uh, upped his game plan with the BC Lions this year. But I think it was him and Rashid playing mm-hmm. quite uh, against each other quite a bit. Uh, but yeah, I, I think that's a good happy honker. And thanks to David Rollins, who's watching live from Mexico tonight uh the happy honker reminding us from cactus jack wells on 680 cjob uh was for the player who does a little extra special thing but does not really get recognized that's what old jake said uh well put we we kind of do it in his uh, honor of the award and just the thing that made us smile and made us uh, a happy honker uh tonight yeah okay that's all three of us i think so yeah i think so yeah. We got a bonfire burning point. Now, normally these games mean something. So it's like the moment in the game that turned the tides in favor of the winning team or, um, you know, that critical moment uh, that changed the game. Uh, This game obviously didn't have the same oomph to it, if you will. I don't even know, like... Maybe, maybe that's the way to put it. But uh, with so many of the veterans resting, uh, future 2022 CFL MOP, Zach Kolaris, uh, not dressing for this game. Do we have a moment, a, a bonfire burning point that, uh, um, you know, things maybe swung a little bit? Anything stand out to you guys? Is this, does it have to be, go ahead, you know, go ahead, go ahead. No, no, you, you go. Is, does it have to be for the, the winning team here, Darren? Or can it just be in, in, yeah. in, in, in tow? Because, I, I I mentioned it already a couple of times. It it has to to me. It has to be the throw to Rashid. But it has to be the throw to Rashid Bailey on the sideline. Like that was just the throw to me with Drew Brown. He kind of he felt the pressure. He escaped. He rolled right and he threw this absolute dart on the sideline. It was a great catch by Rashid. That was the one that like the offense was kind of sputtering to that point. There was a pick six. Right there was like the. I think the BC Lions defense had more points than the Bombers offense to that point in the game. <laughs> and then Drew Brown made, made that throw to Rashid Bailey. And then we ended up with this, you know, 70 plus point bout. Uh, I, I, it just, to me, that was without a doubt, if that play doesn't happen, if Drew Brown doesn't get in a rhythm with that throw, I, I don't know if we might be talking about a, a BC Lions route, uh, not, not, not this, not this eight point contest. Yeah, for me, I think it's probably, I mean, you, you could say, like, uh, granny bomber fans that you could choose Plagio's uh, miss kicks. But for me, I think kind of maybe the bonfire turning point or whatever was that, that second pick six by Drew Brown. The first one, you can eat that. You can, you can take that on the chin and, and whatever. That was early. But that second one, you know, the bombers were really kind of fighting back. They were showing some life and it looked like this was going to kind of go down to the wire kind of thing. And then that one, that was just kind of too much to overcome. So you can't miss three kicks and throw two pick sixes on the road. And <laughs> win the game. And the fact that they came close with a bunch of backups, that's pretty impressive actually, when you think about it, but, Big time. but yeah, just too many mistakes, just shooting themselves on the foot too many times. But I will say, I know you guys spent a lot of time talking about Drew Brown uh, off the hop, but both those pick sixes he did throw though, like he made the right read on both those throws. Just the first one, he dropped the snap and he held on to the ball two yeah. seconds too long, which was 
you know, basically a lifetime in football, but still made the right read. And then the one to Dembski, uh, I believe it was the second one. Uh, he was open as well. He just threw it behind him. He just, he just misfired. So I think those are things he can, he can easily clean up and uh, get better from, from tonight. But, uh, but yeah, the second one though, that would be my bonfire uh, burning point. Before I give you my bonfire burning point, I want to ask you guys, did you notice Drew Brown's touchdown to Rashid Bailey was almost like a no look. They were working that out route to Nick Dembski over and over and over again. And that was the one that uh, TJ Lee picked off uh, for his, his pick six, but all game long, they're working that five, seven yard kind of curling unsharp out for Nick Dembski and on the Rashid Bailey touchdown where I can't remember if it was first or a second, forgive me, but grabbed it low and then, you know, reached it across the line. Uh, that was like a no look pass. It was very kind of Patrick Mahomes subtle to notice, but he is looking at Dembski and throws it, you know, maybe eight or 10 yards to left of where he's looking uh, to find Rashid Bailey for the touchdown. And you could see, um, you know, uh, Ragamba and, uh, and, and, uh, TJ Lee. And, and, uh, I think it was, uh, uh, Lucia's Purifoy. They're all kind of like, you know, what are you doing? You, you missed the guy. Like, it's almost like they gave up on Rashid and that's why he was able to kind of catch it low and reach it over the goal line because the defender gave up on him. They thought Drew Brown was throwing it to, um, uh, to Nick Dembski on the quick out. That, I thought that was masterful. That that goes to the the whole point of this the confidence. I mean that's that yeah. that that's what you you can't. You, I mean I don't know you can't really teach that. <laughs> that's just like that's just something that you, you either got it or you don't. That, that's the poise. That's the confidence from Drew Brown. So kudos to him. But I did not. I, I actually didn't notice that, Darren. So very good point to bring that up. Yeah, and, and I'm not going to say Drew Brown is going to one day lead the Bombers or any team to a Grey Cup, but if you look back just a bomber's history, just these past 20 years, at least other than Chris Treveller. And even him is kind of an iffy example. Like how many, when's the last time the bombers have had an in-house young quarterback with promise that has actually panned out. There's you, you can rattle off 10 names of guys who yeah. for a second people thought might've been something, but drew Brown right, right. to me, I think he's probably the most promising quarterback prospect this team has had in a very, very, very long time. And that's, that's yeah. a very low bar. Like that's, Really good blue bombers, number twos and number threes, like going back, like you're talking like Danny McManus, who never got a fair shake here in Winnipeg. Uh, John Huffnagel never got an opportunity to show what he was Great capable name. of. Like you, you got to go back that far. Uh, but I'm with you. You can just go back to uh, uh, our bonfire shows from earlier this season. And I know you guys uh, are tired of hearing me say it during practice at IG field, but Drew Brown will be a starting quarterback in this league. I've been saying it for months and uh, I'm sticking with it. Um, one question uh, we got here that I, I definitely want to get into guys, uh, before we hand out our game balls, um, T Kona Pauly. Yeah. DB. What about Nathan Rourke is getting closer to playing. Do you guys expect Nathan Rourke to play October 28th in Winnipeg for the regular season finale following Farhan Lalji's report from the sidelines saying he talked to Rourke. He talked to uh, head coach Rick Campbell. They are optimistic and expect him to uh, return to practice within about a week and be ready to start on October 28th. Yeah, I mean, I'm not a doctor, believe it or not. But for me, with his injury, if there's any risk of him playing and it making it worse or any long-term effects, 
anything. It is not worth it. I know he how talented he is. I know with him, BC actually has a shot at the Great Cup, or at least a much stronger shot at a Great Cup. But for me, he's so young. He has such a long career ahead of him, so much promise. And he's going to have some interest from the NFL, for sure. Maybe yeah. as early as next year, despite missing half of the season, which is crazy to think about. So for me, if there's any chance of that getting messed up from him playing too soon or whatever... I don't want to see it. I think he should just sit out the year, and as that would suck, as you know, if you're a Lions fan or just on the Lions. But I think that's yeah. The there'll right be Lions fans cursing your name hearing you say that. Probably, probably. Well, they've been cursing me this week, so I get it. Well, there you go. I'll join the club. But, but yeah, for the long-term impact of his career, I, I think he shouldn't play. But again, unless the doctors say, you know, what, with this injury, uh, even if you do get hit funny or whatever, it's not going to you know make it any worse, kind of thing. Then then sure, throw him out there, but um yeah that's that's the biggest storyline in the league right now like is he or is he not gonna play so we'll, we'll, we'll see for sure because with him yeah. they're a totally different team oh no question yeah, yeah i just I, I i don't i don't know what about uh too much about i mean i've never had this limbs crack whatever how you pronounce yeah, I mean, it uh, so uh, fortunately fortunately i can't imagine it's 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 very pleasant but like I, my, my point being there is that uh yeah kind of what taylor was saying is just like i i I have no idea what the what the risks are of 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 playing versus not playing. Regardless, like if you're at 99% healed, if you have to be a full 100% healed to in order to play. But um, I think Taylor hit the nail on the head there, just in the sense that if there are if there is any risk whatsoever to any sort of long term damage or anything like that that might put anything uh, beyond this season uh, in doubt. I think that you have to sit him and especially with the nature also. I mean, I don't know about the whole NFL thing that Taylor was talking about, but the, with even just if he were to be in the CFL, I mean, the nature of this league with the, with the one-year contracts and whatnot, I mean, there's who's to say, I mean, you, you, you bring, you bring, I mean, Nathan, Nathan's coming back. Right. And you load up around him again. I mean, it's, it's, who's to say that BC can't be in the same spot again next year is what I'm trying to get at. So why, put any risk right now uh, to in order to what you think might be something that she got that absolute powerhouse in Winnipeg uh, that is, that is still uh, looks like they're, they're going to keep rolling along here. Why, why, I, I personally say wait a year. Um, I, I would be surprised to see him play. I'll, I'll, I'll say that. Um, but if he does, I mean, obviously very good for the league. Look, if it does no damage to his short-term or long-term health and he can come back and play, all the power to him and the BC Lions. He, without a question, is the most exciting player this league has seen in a long, long time. He's threatening Matt Dunnigan's single-game passing records. He's threatening uh, decades-old touchdown-in-a-game records. It is uncanny and Truly the definition of the word phenom in watching Nathan Rourke play this year. Rourke, his family, his agent, um, and the BC Lions themselves. They will all weigh the options, not just what will happen over the next couple of weeks here, but also what will happen this coming offseason. Uh, the NFL window for players, whether they're under contract or not, uh, or I should say, what, if they are under contract in the CFL, it opens for 30 days in between J December and January where they can essentially put their CFL contract on pause and sign an NFL futures contract uh, with the team for the following season. They can't like sign uh, and then join for the playoffs or, or that sort of thing. Not that that would 
uh, happened in Nathan Rourke's case. But um, I think it's going to be important that it's the right opportunity in the NFL. I don't think he wants to be buried on a team where he'll never get a chance to show what he has. You only get, you know, I, I won't say you only get one shot, but that first impression to the NFL is going to be very important for Nathan Rourke. So if he can show either this season or next season what he's capable of doing over a consistent period of time, and even that eight, nine games he played this year, I, I think it's enough of a picture for an NFL uh, GM to, to give him an attractive offer with some guaranteed money up front. Um, but that first impression, I think, is very important because he could end up just kind of becoming a forgotten commodity in the NFL if he isn't you know, valued for the greatest amount, right? So if that opportunity comes this winter, sign the deal, go to the NFL, go show them what you can do. But if that right opportunity, if it's just kind of a, yeah, you know, here, here's, you know, here's 10 grand and come to training camp and we'll see if you make the team. I, I don't know if Nathan Rourke is going to take uh, half a CFL season off the beginning of next year, waiting for an opportunity in the NFL that might not even pan out. So, uh, you know, the value of Nathan Rourke, I think, is apparent because a guy can throw for 500 yards in a bowl game in the in the NCAA and a guy can throw for 500 yards in pro football that I think garners more respect today than it ever has amongst NFL player personnel people. Um, I, I think Nathan Rourke's value is real and, uh, you know, watching his brother do it too. I think there's some bloodline connection there that kind of piques the interest of, of a lot of scouts and, and GM. So I hope the best for Nathan Rourke. I hope he's able to play again this year. He is great for everything and everybody. Uh, and the Bombers want to play against the best. You're, you're never going to hear them say, I hope he doesn't play. You might hear them say that, but they won't say that publicly. Um, so, you know, uh, for, for Nathan Rourke, wishing him the best, uh, if he can play October 28th and, and get that kind of rust shake off game in the regular season out of, uh, his system, I'd be dangerous. I'd be worried about the BC lines, even if they had to travel to McMahon for the semifinal. Yeah. And just on, uh, the Rourke to NFL talk for a second, I think he has the potential to definitely make it, but again, we have seen over the past you know 10 15 years how hard it is for cfl quarterbacks to make it down there i mean yeah. you look at ricky ray he spent what a year with the jets as their third or fourth string quarterback you look at casey printers he had a cup of coffee with uh, the chiefs Henry uh, the bears bold levi mitchell and his and his prime he tried to for the vikings didn't make the vikings so there's been so many guys who've put up huge numbers been Super successful, have even won great cups and stuff, and they haven't been able to, to crack the NFL. I'm, I'm not saying that they didn't deserve to. You know, sometimes as a CFL player, you go down there and that you just have this the stigma attached to you, to you though. Oh, you you play in the CFL, you, you can't hang with us, kind of thing, which is a load of you know what. But it's just been so hard for an, uh, a quarterback here, other than Chris Streveler. And again, he's kind of a weird example because he's. He's down there not because of his arm. He's down there because he's a Taysom Hill type of a talent. Right, um, right. So, yeah, we'll see with Nathan Rourke. We're, we're, we're due for someone to, to make it down there. But uh, you're right, Darren. I mean, for him, it's got to be a right situation. But, um, you know, missing half of the season, I still think he's going to, you know, get a lot of interest because he was that damn good in the, the, the nine games that he did play. That's that's interesting. You guys are very yeah. You guys are very uh, you guys are very high on 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 Nathan like getting the getting the look. I, I'm not sure I'm ready to like 
say at this point in time in his career that he's that he's ready for the NFL. Like I'm, I I would personally like to see him for a, another season, healthy, see what he can do. Obviously, he came out guns a blazing, but there's people that get hot all the time. I mean, there's there's you get hot, you start feeling yourself. You're, I mean, you go on a you go on a nice run. I'm not trying to discredit anything that Nathan Rourke did. I'm just saying that it, it, I would like to see him come back from injury and play a and play a full season here, and then we can talk about whether or not he goes to the highest level. Because like Taylor just alluded to, it is such a different game. The eleven players, the tighter field. Just the whole strategic aspect of the game is completely different. I, 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 I'm not quite ready to sit here and just say, yeah, Nathan Rourke is he, he'll get a look at the NFL next year. Um, but I mean, shoot, I'd love to see him prove me wrong. That'd be that'd be terrific to see the Canadian boy down there and 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 making some noise. I'm with Lynn Reimer. Don't forget to hit the like button. Taylor Allen and Josh Frey Sam, they're going to be looking at the likes in this video tomorrow morning when they wake up before they head to IG Field for the Rifles game. So hit that like button. Subscribe if you haven't yet. We appreciate that uh, a lot. Uh, I think it's because Nathan Rourke is 24 years old. NFL scouts and personnel people are like let's look at him now you you could bring in zach Kolaris while he's 30 something you could bring in uh you know bo levi when when he was getting his nfl look he was 29 years old adam big hill aged out of his nfl opportunity and signed with the winnipeg blue bombers for the first time because he was 29 and they didn't want to give him any sort of guaranteed money for that offseason going into training camp so you got to remember if you sign a futures contract in the NFL, you're not playing in the CFL in June, July, and August. You're waiting for training camp to start in the NFL and then beginning in September. So Mm -hmm. if it doesn't work out and you are one of those training camp cuts or early season cuts or, uh, you know, they need to find room on their practice roster because of injuries to a certain position or whatever, if you have zero reassurance, uh, the apprehensiveness is real to sign that deal, if you know you can come to Canada, like Adam Big Hill, sign for six figures. Plus, Nathan Rourke, man, that guy's going to get paid if he's able to play the way he has shown. I don't think it was an anomaly. I don't think it was a flash in the pan. Uh, I think learning under Michael Riley and then coming in the way he did uh, in front of an offensive line, people weren't sure about. Yes, lots of weapons around him. Um, but, uh, good on him. Good on Jordan Matsimic, uh, their offensive coordinator in BC. Uh, they had, uh, lightning in a bottle with Nathan Rourke earlier this season. Uh, we'll see how these, uh, next several months, uh, shake out, uh, guys, uh, just kind of as we, uh, we, well, we've just eclipsed the one hour mark here. It is 1 AM central time here in Winnipeg. So don't want to keep, uh, people up too late, even though our viewership numbers are highest they've been since we started the show. Uh, I guess that's you, Taylor. Thanks for joining. Uh, <laughs> Winnipeg Free Press. When you got not one but two writers, right. from Winnipeg Free Press. I mean, come yeah. on. Well, your your words are being printed. Uh, well, no, they're not. I guess it's Saturday. You don't have a paper on Sunday, right? You got a paper on, on Monday. On Monday, I will have some words. Yeah. Okay. Go. Good. And Josh, you'll have some words about the Winnipeg Rifles. I know that. I will have some words about the Winnipeg Rifles. Yeah, and I have a feeling they're going to be good words because they're playing the Edmonton Wildcats uh, and expecting them to come down with a win at IG Field. Uh, Let's give out our game balls as we wrap things up here on Game Day After Dark. If you want to give out one or two or three or a whole bunch, that's up to you. Uh, I think I've got a a choice or two that uh, might surprise some people tonight, so uh, I'll let you guys go first. Anybody jump out to you that you want to give a game ball to? 
Josh, you go. Can I can I take can I take the quarterback? <laughs> I mean, I, let, let, let me let me. I, I praise Drew Brown a lot, man. I gave him a B plus on the day. I thought that he was. Uh, I thought that he was terrific tonight. I thought that he showed a lot of a, really a lot of good things. I'm not even the two pick sixes. They don't bother me. Those are, those can be cleaned up. Those are those are decisions that yeah, don't love to see them, but that he'll he'll learn from those. I'm confident in that. And uh and he's got a lot of room to grow. He's got a great tutor in front of him, great great mentor part of me in front of him. Not no worries here. I thought Drew Brown played admirably tonight and uh and and I'm really excited to see what his future is in this league and going forward in his career. Yeah, that's a good pick. I mean, it's it's it feels silly to be praising a guy again who threw two pick sixes, but again, I, <laughs> there was more good than than bad to his game tonight. So Absolutely. yeah, you're, you're spot on there. Uh, for me, uh, we've mentioned Rashid Bailey quite a bit yep. tonight, so uh, we'll I'll move on from him. Uh, Jamal, well, give him one. I'll give him one. I'll give one to Rashid. Okay, great game. Okay, well, okay, there we go. Rashid gets one. Uh, <laughs> how about Jamal Parker? I mean, this bomber secondary so banged up. Nick Taylor, Demario Houston, you lose both of those guys. Um, Brandon Alexander just coming back uh, from injury and stuff as well. They they really need Jamal Parker and Evan Holm uh, as well to you know to to kick it up a notch and be hits. And I think those guys have had some growing pains for sure. But uh, Jamal Parker, I think this might have been one of his best games. So that's a that's a big uh, encouraging sign uh, for the Bombers because if those two guys are are uh, are not the answer, um, you know they don't have many options after them. And if you go into the playoffs, and Nathan Rourke, you know we talk about him a lot. If he is back playing and stuff, you know he, he'll pick on your weaknesses for sure. So I think Jamal Parker having a decent game is a is a good sign for the Bombers. Yeah, pe- people in the live chat uh, love uh, Jamal Parker as a pick uh, tonight. Uh, I know I-, I gave one to Rashid. You you guys got another? I got a couple. So uh, anybody stand out to you? You guys want to give a game ball to? Not a not a game ball per se. I'm going to kind of overtake the segment and and change it to something that I want I, I wanted to mention. Before. All right, fine, go ahead. But but more so more of like a season game ball to this guy because I feel like he hasn't gotten enough love and he he got hurt tonight. Chris Kolinkowski. Mm. Uh, you know, he got, he got rolled okay. up on and taken out of the game. And this is more so a season game ball because I think he has been probably the honestly one of the best stories of this entire te- on this entire team this season. Uh, filling in for Michael Couture, uh, broke his arm and in, in, in week two, that could have been a big problem for the Bombers. But Chris Kolonkowski, a guy that was out of the league a couple of years ago, he was living in he lives in Ontario. He drove down to Cincinnati to go to a free agent camp just to get a look. Just to get old, crazy. and the Bombers sign him. And last year he doesn't play a snap. And this year, uh, Couture gets hurt. And this guy's been—I think it's his fourth CFL season, and this was his first time actually getting to play. And um, you know that's kind of like a big question mark how he's going to do. But he—he was—he's been rock solid. So and hasn't given Couture his job back either. So that just shows how well he's played. So so him getting yeah. hurt tonight—you uh, hate to see that. So. Um, I'm going to give him a season-long uh, a game ball, though, because I feel like Kolinkowski deserves uh, some more love. Yeah, I love no, that. Well put. Well put. I'm going to give uh, one uh, a game ball to uh, two BC Lions. Forgive me. James Butler was awesome tonight. Uh, am I concerned about the Bombers' run defense? Well, tonight I was. Moving forward, uh, maybe a little bit less so, but uh, 14 carries for 104 yards, averaging 7.4 uh, yards per carry. Uh, 
pretty dang good. Uh, Terry Williams gets a game ball. He was awesome in the return game tonight. So too was Janarian Grant. My surprise game ball goes to Jeff Gray, who did not look out of place at all playing pretty much the entire game, if, if, unless I'm, I, I missed something, um, at left tackle. Uh, I think he definitely deserves a game ball. A maligned player at times, in the opinion of, of many people, including myself. Uh, I've been a critic of his. But uh, if the Winnipeg native uh, and University of Manitoba Bison's product uh, has shown to get better all the time, uh, we know he is smart and strong and talented, uh, and now he's putting it all together, playing a very, very tough position, the toughest position uh, on the offensive line, uh, protecting a young quarterback in Drew Brown's blind side. So uh, maybe my number one game ball goes to Jeff Gray tonight. Great job. And most important of all, though, Jeff Gray is a really good cook. So if you ever need cooking advice or even just talk to the other offensive linemen on the team, they they rave about him cooking. I think they go, they go to his place like once a week or something, and he cooks them dinner. Um, he's yeah, so wow. yeah, he, he's a man with many talents. So um, I mean, football most important of all, but uh, yeah, Jeff Gray, he's a hell of a cook too. Apparently, good for him. That's, that, that's how you make friends on a football team, especially on the O line. Oh, you'll yeah. be the most popular guy. That old uh, that old cliche. Eh? Oh yeah, the feed the O line guys. Right. Totally. Yeah. Well, you know what? Even those 140 pound guys are are hungry because they're burning calories like crazy too. So I'm sure Jeff Gray making, uh, making a lot of friends. You guys got any final thoughts uh, as we wrap things up here? It's been great having you two on, uh, love the youth, love the, uh, enthusiasm, love the insight, uh, and the sharp football minds, uh, that you guys are. Um, this was fun. I think we got it. I think maybe, maybe not tonight as we're, we're, we've eclipsed the one hour mark, but I think definitely we'll have to, it'll have to be talked about just a, uh, the, once again, the Zach Kalaros, uh, sitting versus playing that'll, I'm sure will be an ongoing storyline. Yeah. And then the, also, I think one thing that needs to be known, we talked about the offensive line a lot tonight, but, um, just what is the offensive line going to look like, uh, going into, playoffs what is that combat that that starting five going to look like and then also how well with if when it does include michael couture in some way shape or form uh how well is that unit going to just continue to get back to what they were doing because this is a cohesive five-man unit it is not just one player coming back it is one person being added to the entire unit and uh i think that is really important to note so regardless of how good michael couture is and how much he's played in the past him being added to this uh, starting five, this top five is going to be, uh, is, is crucial. So I think that's something that we got to keep an eye on going forward. And um, it'll be really interesting storyline going into the playoffs. Yeah. And I think I'll take my, uh, my final thought and use it on, it blows my mind that there are still some people out there. I know I just spent 10 minutes praising them earlier, but there are people out there who think, that Nathan Rourke should win the most outstanding player award. For me, it's not Go even on, Taylor. it's not even a conversation that it's Zach Claris. And I don't I don't care who, who wins. I, like I got no stake in it. But a guy Nathan Rourke, as great as he was, he played nine games. He's missed half of the season. I can't envision any other professional sports league giving their MVP, most outstanding player, whatever you want to call it, to an individual who had missed half of the season. And I know the CFL is only nine teams, so it kind of skews it a little bit and whatever, but Zach Claris, you look at his numbers, first in the league, second in the league, and basically every single important stat, most important of all wins. 
And he's played every single game. And you look at the CFL these past couple years, how many quarterbacks have been getting hurt? It's been nonstop. But Zach, you know, knock on wood bomber fans, he's he's stayed healthy. And the best trait about a quarterback is availability. And he has knocked that out of the park. So for me, I'm still hearing whispers of people vote that want to vote for Nathan Rourke and stuff like that. And I just think that's ridiculous. I think that would be the most Bush League thing ever if he did win uh, the award. So, um, so yeah, I'll, I'll just use my final thought on, on, on that rant. So I concur. Uh, it's one fourteen in the morning in Winnipeg. So I'll say this: Would it be as bush league as uh, somebody who tested positive for performance enhancing drugs winning MOP? E- just thought I, I, put think, it out there. I think both of those are absolutely ridiculous. Could you imagine if you know LeBron James tested positive for a PED and then he still? you know, won the MVP award. Like that would never happen in a million years or NFL with Patrick Mahomes or whoever, any example you want, that would never happen in any other league. So it why... would look bad on everybody. Oh, it'd make it look like a, like this is a, a Mickey Mouse league. Like absolutely exactly. not. That would have been mm-hmm. a terrible look. So for those who had votes and did not vote for that individual that year, yeah, you 1000% made the right call. And I know lots of people here didn't like it and stuff, but if you, you take off your blue and gold, you know, glasses and look at the big picture. That was 1000% the right call. He did not deserve uh, to win that award. So it'll be uh, interesting to see how Zach Kolaris uh, and the rest of the blue bombers uh, handle this bye week handle uh, their final buy, if you will, that playoff buy, and then uh, how much these guys will play. Uh, and will Mike O'Shea employ a similar strategy to what he did uh, in Vancouver tonight? Uh, your final score, Lions 40, Bombers 32, uh, and uh, Winnipeg uh, still uh, lots uh, to be gained uh, outside of the standings uh, right now to ensure uh, that they are uh, where they need to be going into the postseason in that West Final on November 13th. Final word to Andre, who's watching on YouTube. Great guests for the show, DB. Thank you very much. I will take all the credit for uh, these two young men and how uh, how awesome you guys were tonight. Uh, I say that uh, in jest, of course. Great having you on. Loved uh, everything. Plug yourselves right now. I want Twitter handles uh, and uh, where they can find your work. Go ahead, uh, Yeah, so at Taylor Allen 31 for me. Uh, and I will be writing, I don't know how I'm going to think of five things from this game, but I'm going to be writing five takeaways uh, from this game. It'll be in our paper on Monday and, of course, online as well. So if you have an idea for a takeaway, actually, please follow me, send me a DM, help me out here. But, uh, but no, I'm just kidding. But uh, yeah, so uh, that's where you can find me. You can get the you can get the five thing and just watch the show back one tomorrow okay, morning yeah, and you'll get Perfect. your you'll get your five takes boom your story's written for you right then and Perfect. there uh, my go word for word what you guys said there you go uh, yeah my 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 only plug here is uh, at j f r e y s a m at j fry sam on Twitter um, new to the business we are uh, working our way up slowly but surely but uh, big sports guy so if you enjoy sports for sure uh, give me a follow and uh, happy to talk sports anytime but Darren thanks uh. Really appreciate you having me on here. Loving the uh, love the show, love everything that you're doing. You guys were quicker than uh, my typing fingers, so I will put your uh, YouTube handles in the video description below. So for those uh, who are watching live now, check that out uh, in just a couple minutes. We'll get the podcast up as well. Uh, and uh, for everybody out there, be sure to like. 
give us a subscribe comment uh, if you're watching this uh, you know, on the replay uh, or even uh, if you're uh, catching this uh, on your favorite podcast app, head over to youtube.com slash bonfire sports uh, and comment there uh, and give us a thumbs up. We appreciate that uh, a lot as well. We've got some Jets hockey coming here to the channel very, very soon. So stay tuned for that. Josh, uh, Taylor, thank you so much, you guys. Uh, this was a, a lot of fun. Uh, we'll, we'll try to get you on uh, again very soon. Uh, Grey Cup week uh, is approaching steadily, and uh, I have a feeling uh, we, we might be talking about a certain football team uh, that week. We'll, we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, even though this is way past my bedtime, this was a lot of fun. Appreciate you having me on. And uh, yeah, I'm going to go brush my teeth now and uh, go to bed. Yeah, thanks, boys. This was fun. Don't forget. Thanks, buddy. Cheers, guys. Have a great one. You too.